Hello and welcome to Weebspawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello Bobby, glad to be doing another episode today. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Blood Sea. And as always, spoilers ahead. Blood Sea was directed by Tsuts... Oh man, I'm going to butcher this one. Tsutomu Mizushima. I always have trouble when there's two T's back to back, especially if it's like a T-S, a Tsutomu. So, yeah. Tsutomu Mizushima. It was originally aired on July 8th of 2011. Unlike many anime... This show was not adapted from a manga, but rather the manga was adapted from the anime. For the production of this show, they had a manga studio named Clamp design the characters, and a member of the manga studio actually helped co-write each episode as well as the director of the prequel, Blood Plus, uh, Junichi Fujisaku. And Blood Sea is a show that takes place in a seemingly normal town, following the life of a young high school girl who works as a shy maiden, Saya Kisaragi. But the town is not as normal as people think. Creatures called Elder Barons plague the town, appearing to feast on human blood. Luckily, Saya has been trained to slay the Elder Barons and protect the town's people. Yeah, so as I mentioned, the show's has a prequel called Blood Plus, which is something we didn't know about before watching this show. From what I've found and experienced while watching this show, you are able to watch this completely separate from the series without basically any information missing because they really only share the overall theme of the show, which is creatures, where Blood Plus was vampires and this one they are Elder Barons, which are similar to vampires seeing that they feast on human blood. But other than that, the other detail that is similar to the Blood Plus series is the fact that the main characters of both shows are named Saya. So other than that, they're basically independent stories of each other. So you don't lose any character info from not watching the prequel. But from what the internet has claimed, Blood Plus is actually the better of the two series but the settings are different. So if you're looking for an insane amount of gore, Blood Sea is the one to watch. Another thing about it is Blood Sea is actually much shorter, a 12-episode anime, whereas Blood Plus, I believe, is about 50. And I guess they flesh out the plot line much better and more fully compared to Blood Sea, and there's not as many questions left unanswered and just not as many unexpected twists that are kind of off-putting in my opinion. Another difference that makes it hard to relate the two animes is Blood Plus has vampires in it. Like, actual vampires. Whereas the creatures in Blood Sea have vampiric tendencies but look very different and look completely different and were inspired by the great old ones from H.P. Lovecraft's Cthulhu Mythos and modeled after traditional Japanese monsters. So they have, like, 
different tendencies on how the monsters or creatures are actually like and how they kind of like go off each other but going into this the main reason i honestly wanted to watch this was the uh gif where you see the bunny creatures and all of a sudden his hand turns into like a drill and just completely does this human blender over however many people there like really was and i was like i haven't seen a gory anime in a while so i was like let's go for it and it's a lot different than what i originally thought because there's a lot of blood and gore for when the elder bearmans attack but when you see all the gifts of what everyone posts it's pretty much all of the last episode so there wasn't really much action as i expected it to be i thought it was going to be a lot more fighting monsters almost right away but it's not because it wanted you to more learn about the story and what this town is like overall and it was just completely different from what i thought it was because i thought it was going to be like this battle gore anime but it tried to be like this slice of life mixed with like horror and action into it but it just threw me for a loop when judging from the gifts of what i saw to what i actually saw no yeah i i completely agree because those bunny gifts like you said just they come at the end and that's when it's absolute chaos which we'll get to but yeah my initial impression of the show was based solely on the gifts and memes that i've seen online over the years because i've seen so many and i'm like this is what i kind of want to check out in anime like i just want the very adult like content of gore because sometimes anime shy away from that these gifts are just these bunny creatures like you said just ripping people in half eating them and it's just very grotesque and i just wanted to try it out see how it would fit into my kind of into my style see if it would it would work with me and i i kind of assumed this anime would be one of those ones that weren't wasn't afraid to go the difficult route and kill off main characters because that would be extremely difficult for many shows to maintain a good plot line and uh, i'll go into it later but um the plot line kind of suffered even before that but whatever uh the only one that showed that i really know that did a pretty decent job at killing off main characters is attack on titan despite some very heavy plot armor characters but we're not going to that route but i i watched half of the first episode a few years back of this show to give it a go and i don't know why i mean i do know why i never finished the first episode uh it was just a very slow natured show and it just didn't feel like it was going anywhere so it just lost i lost interest right away but i think it was worth the watch when we did watch it um it definitely wasn't what i expected and i still (laughs) indifferent about the show itself one thing i think that you need to be aware of if you do watch this show is to be fully aware of the pacing of the show it's very very slow in the beginning i'd say the last four episodes are where things actually start to pick up 
Uh, they almost did nothing the first few episodes, and it's really hard to keep interest. And I wouldn't blame you if you dropped it in the first two. So maybe we can get into it and start talking about the chaos and the train wreck of a show I believe this is. <laughs> so we start with that anime with a almost such as a very cliche because you have this young high school girl named Saya who is very cheerful and kind who always seems to look at the bright side of life. Like, even when she's walking to her school or anywhere in general, she's frequently singing and is so carefree like she has nothing going on. And on her way to school, she finds a small puppy that she tries to talk to, but eventually the uninterested dog walks away. And as she gets to her school, we have her small group of friends. And one of the boys' name is Itsuki. Yep. And it's obviously that he has a crush on Sai, but she doesn't know. We have a tall girl named Yuka, who is a typical tough anime girl. And two twins named Nene and Nono, who could only really be told apart from the part of the braid. And they fall into more of the aloof anime characters and even though these are her like closest friends she never hangs out with them after school she always rushes home to fulfill her duties as a shrine minute cleaning and tending to the shrine and then when night falls we learn that her duties as a shrine maiden are a little different than just cleaning and maintaining the crowds her father comes to her with a location of a foul creature that that we learn is the Elder Bearmans that have appeared in this city. Saya is given a sacred blade that she takes into the night to slay the beast. Upon entering a park, there's a creature standing in the middle of the pond, and they just stare at each other for like ever <laughs> before finally starting to fight each other. And of course, like anime style ends up the fight like she's almost going to lose but then something happens something changes in her and her eyes turn to this red and cat like and she gains immense strength and uh, she has enough to defeat the elder baron and return home this kind of process that kind of happens throughout the entire show and that's kind of what the feel you get into but one thing that was pretty cool was how they like portrayed the character was like during the day she was this bright cheerful girl innocent and and how she was like interacting with everyone like this maiden like thing but then when night falls she has a much darker side and the cheerfulness starts to fade away and she has this responsibility to take on these Eden Barons and we see like this hidden side of her and like especially when her eyes change and everything we start to learn more about that but how they portray this was really well and I did really enjoy yeah, completely agree with that you can definitely feel the entire vibe change when it turns to night 
just because she is this very bright and cheerful character, but her even her face seems to change a little bit. Like she gets a very serious look on her face when night falls. Like she is changed into something different. Uh, but one thing about the show, one, you just have a lot of cliches with her friends group. Like you mentioned, you have everyone who falls into a specific anime category. So that was kind of um, typical and kind of like, okay, whatever. But another thing you sort of notice if you're really paying attention is when she's walking to school, she stops at stoplights or like crosswalks and she waits there until it turns green for her to walk. But there are no cars in sight. There's no one standing with her, no other pedestrians. It's kind of strange. Like you just feel like there's a strange vibe in the air. And you have this moment of like, where the hell is everyone? But then after a short amount of time, you either assume that it was lazy animation or simply, I don't know, just you kind of simply forget about it. And it won't be until later you realize the true meaning behind this. But it's just kind of a simple, subtle thing that off-putting at first, and you either chalk it up to cheap animation or you just forget about it, whatever. So these two key elements are kind of cool with this first episode. But at the same time, it's not really enough yet to really keep me going through this show. But, you know, I powered through it for the sake of our listeners, you know. <laughs> um, so we learn after each night that she, she slays Elder Barons almost exclusively at night, as far as we can tell. And this happens every night. So the next morning she wakes up, she starts her day, same as every other day, happy and singing on her way to school, very aloof. Just a typical cliche, um, kind anime character. The This time, though, on her way to school, she stops at a local cafe near her house. She comes here often because she seems to be acquainted with the owner, Fumito. He's a really kind person as well, just wants the best for people. He's even gives Saya this gimov, which is basically just like a f- fancy French marshmallow treat. And she's delighted. She's happy that she got this gimov. She goes on her merry way to school. Of course, this episode isn't much different from the last one. We see her interact with her friends. It emphasizes her obliviousness of her typical anime character. She is even included to have this like love triangle thing going on. As you mentioned, she has that boy who has a crush on her. But she is oblivious to this crush. And she has a crush on someone else named Shinichiro. Uh, Shinichiro. But like the day before, after school, she leaves her friends and she goes on to her shrine where she's prepared for another Elder Baron fight, which, again, she exhibits this weird superhuman strength in the middle of the fight when she's losing. And as stated a little earlier, there really isn't anything holding my interest here besides for these Elder Baron fights. It's kind of dull and it just seems like it's trying to be slice of life, as you mentioned earlier. But there's nothing interesting going on in her life. It's just bland. The other thing is there's really nothing to analyze other than her fancy eyes, which I believe at at this point in the show, I'm pretty sure I believe that it has to be related to the Elder Barons in some way. It's the only thing that has some sort of non-human resemblance. Why else would she be the only one fighting them as well? Um, a little bit of info in the story that it gives us in the show as well. Like her love interest seems pointless to me. It's very out of place. It seems to add nothing to the plot 
other than something that will make an appearance once or twice in the show. But even, even the parts where it shows up, it could easily be compelling enough to just do away with the love interest and just say they're close friends, like they have this friendship rather than love. It's a boring cliche that I think pointlessly adds a layer to the story that is not needed. And I just wanted to go on a little tangent about that because I don't think it was done well at all. There might be a lot of complaining from me during this because when I was writing um, my thoughts about this anime for this podcast, everything started coming out because I had no true opinion of this show until I started writing it down. And I'm like, oh, I realized <laughs> I do not like this show. So, and at the end, I'll give you my opinion of what I think could have made it better. But right now, I just don't like this show. Yeah. I have an interesting take on the whole romance thing, but we have to wait until later on once we find out a little more about what's going on. But once again, we get the monotony of Saya's life. But now they are including the coffee shop into the show even more, subtly hitting at its importance. Because everywhere else in this town, you literally only see this this school and the coffee shop. So you know some shit's going to go down. <laughs> At school, she invites her friends to join her at the coffee shop because he says it's, like, the best place to get, like, baked goods or something or whatever the gimo was it? Gimov. Yeah. That she's obsessed with those. And so they go to the coffee shop, and this is where they learn that a nearby baker has disappeared. And the kids start to get actually a little worried. That there's been more and more disappearances happening, but eventually they all go home, and night falls. And you know what that means. It's time for Sire, true shine maiden, to come through, or whatever you want to call it. And she goes and patrolling the town, and she sees a baker walking around. But he doesn't seem all that right. So she follows him to a nearby abandoned train station. And then a very mysterious single train car strolls up. He walks in and she chases after him, but the train car is, of course, an elder baron. And it quickly kills the baker. And almost, in the process, almost actually almost kills Saya. But once again, she, she overpowers it and kills it. But this time, as the elder baron is dying, he mutters the word, Honor the Covenant. And pretty much the end of episode three, I was struggling to keep going on with this show. But now that we finally got something, now I'm like, okay, what is this whole covenant thing? And at this point, it was like, you could be oblivious as a main character, but oh my god, would she... She was way too oblivious. Like the true definition of oblivious and not only that but the whole like the fighting she like like she takes pride in it and it's like she has so much pride in it why the fuck does she struggle so much oh i know it's uh there's just so much to it that's just wrong and i like what you said like there is a a way to do an oblivious character and make the story still interesting around that. 
but they just took it to a brand new level with this show. Like she made it, it made it so oblivious that it was painful. And I think there's a point to her obliviousness, which we'll talk about, but just to the degree they made her oblivious is absolutely insane. I, I do remember watching this episode and seeing the scene of the police officer coming into the coffee shop to say that the baker has gone missing. And I had immediate suspicion of the, sh- the shop owner, Fumito, because I'm like, hmm, you're too perfect. You're too nice. You had something to do with this shit. Uh, and then the elder baron showed up and killed the baker. And that was quickly broken. But I still had suspicion. I'm like, you fucker. I know something. something's wrong. I don't know here. if it was this episode, but I did had suspect when, I guess we'll probably talk about later on. But when it shows the coffee shop with the father, mm-hmm. that's when I 100% knew something was going on with them. But yeah. it's kind of like, there was like something going on with uh, him because he always acted like this certain way with her and I almost thought it was going to be some kind of like love scandal or some shit like that yeah I had started getting that vibe too yeah and uh, uncomfortable I didn't some expect points. the moment as it was but but I knew something was going on like I couldn't put my finger on it but mm-hmm. I know when this scene came out I know 100% something's going on I didn't know what it was going on, but I was like, yep. Yeah. I know something's going on. Yeah, I don't know if we are going to mention that exact scene you brought up, but that's a good point because in that scene, she basic she's handed coffee by Fumito and she's like, "Oh, dad, aren't you going to have one?" And he's like, and Fumito's like, "Oh, no, he doesn't drink your type. Like, you're the coffee how you like it." She's like, "What is like, sure that might be a normal thing to say, but just the way he said it, was just like, hmm, weird. We also should mention that at this point in time, she has a huge father con, which means she has like this complex with her father. Mm-hmm. She thinks he's like the greatest thing man's ever fucking made. It's fine as a certain point because he was a single father and she was all he had when she grew up. But I don't know if it's to the ad to whatever factor, but she just compares everything to mm-hmm. her father. And it's just like, holy fuck. And I've seen enemies with, like, sis complex and brother complex, but this was just over the top. Yeah, and it's it's very weird. Like, she has this such admiration for her. But it's also weird from an anime perspective because if I may be mistaken here, but I'm pretty sure the Japanese, it's it's not very like them to have an overbearing affection towards their parents like you respect your elders but there isn't this level of obsession with them because um from a western standpoint we're all about family and stuff like that but it's not all about in in japanese and in typical animes like they're not so overbearing with their parents like an american family would be so that's another thing that's kind of weird looking at it from that perspective yeah, so with this complex that you brought up, it's kind of... So she asks her father about the phrase, remember the covenant, and he brushes it off telling her that she has nothing to worry about and not pay attention to the words of the enemy. And she takes this like to heart because she's like, my father said it, it's true. I, I love him and care about him, and his word is gospel. So 
that's typically how it goes with her. Like anything he says is true, but it still just sits in her mind. Like, okay, like I get it. It is the enemy, but like, it's kind of weird because she's never heard an elder Baron talk until now. So she goes and has her special marshmallow treat. And upon taking a bite of this Gimov, she has this really strange flashback or vision of like this sword coming down. And it's just weird because the scene of this position right as she took a bite of it obviously shows that there's something suspicious about the marshmallow treat that she was given. Increasing suspicion of the shop owner. But we continue on with the story, pretending like that didn't happen. Which also about this scene, shortly after that, then we also get another flashback, a separate from that sword thing, where there is someone talking to someone at a table, but but we don't know the identities of either. And I think we can assume one of them is Saya, because why else would we be having this flashback? But we don't know the identity of the other person talking, and it's a very cryptic conversation and almost seems a little prisoner-esque, like someone is being controlled or brainwashed in a certain way. Like, you have this weird vibe that something isn't right at this scene. But later, things change a little more for Saya. So the elders that she fights this time, because each episode seems to have an elder fight, which isn't a bad thing per se, but this time it's targeting people. Beforehand, it was just targeting Saya. But this time she finds three fishermen that are being attacked by this elder baron that's controlling two smaller elder barons. So now there's more of them. And she fights off the elders, and the fishermen start to run. But as they are running, the elders chase after them, flying right over Saya's head and ignoring her and going straight for the people, which seemed kind of strange compared to the previous fights where they're always focused on Saya, seeing that she is the main threat here. Eventually, they catch up to the fishermen and kill them. And this upsets Saya, and she goes into a full-on fight, going, like, uh, her weird eyes turn on, and she slays them. But right before the main one dies, it has a full-on conversation with her and mentions, remember the covenant, and it mentions that the covenant was created by something called the Shroud Tithe, which is very interesting because at this point, things aren't making sense. And they are talking now. They're becoming more sentient. Things are just becoming weirder and weirder. The shop owner is giving us weird vibes, weird memories. And it's the whole thing's starting to actually make you think a little bit more about the plot going on. Uh, and not to mention that strange dog, which I didn't mention here in this portion because it wasn't that significant. But the strange dog keeps appearing. And just the, the narration of the show is adding this sense of depth to the story. So four episodes in, we're finally starting to get some sort of plot forming. But um, other than that, I mean, all we have to do is ponder because we don't have much information to go off of. And, and with each day, the fight with the Elder Baron starts to, to like blur together. So I fight the elders at night, but this time, the this time of the day seems to be a little brighter than normal. Maybe just after nightfall, but the elders she faces is very human-like, except for its face, which is just a giant eye. But this elder is very intelligent. 
talking about its brethren that Sire has slain, and it attacks another civilian. And these elders are getting more and more complex, and the emotional effects of the battles are carried on Sire's shoulders into the next day. But, but she like, she can't process everything that's like going on. Like we mentioned earlier, her father, you mentioned, says there's nothing to worry about what these creatures had to say. But she's so keen on believing that everything that her father says is everything correct and is justified if she says it to the point that it's annoying as hell. But the next day, is, it gets to be too much for Saya for her to hold on to. And on this rainy day, it makes the, the class decides it wants to tell ghost stories. So the teacher volunteers and tells them that if they listen to the end, they'll dance. But tells the story anyways. <laughs> this story almost perfectly describes the elder Behrman's almost too perfect. So after listening and with everything that's going on with their life, Sire faints and is taken home. Sire's friend Nene decides to visit her to see if she's doing okay. You know, like good friends do. Yeah, what a nice friend. Yeah, exactly. And they have a little conversation in the courtyard of the shrine. But then out of nowhere, a giant elderberry that looks like a mutated centipede appears from the ground and attacks them. And one thing to get from this account is very unusual because the Elder Baron appeared in broad daylight this time. Which, before this, they've only ever showed up at night. And it just seems so strange that this occurred, like, right after the teacher's story. And for me, at this point, when the teacher described it in too perfect <laughs> in detail, that maybe she didn't know personally about what she knew... But that means somewhere that elder barons are known. That at least something or someone or somewhere are controlling these like creatures. Or it wasn't all seclusion. Because now we have like evidence this has been going around. And it's like when all these fights are going on. The odds of nobody being there, like, even with all the other animes, you'll see, like, other people, like, coming out, or they're, like, fighting somewhere, and, or, like, they're used to it, so, like, if they're in, like, a back alley, they probably already know, like, something's going on, because they're like, oh, this is something that probably happens all the time. But, like, in this whole town... It's not like they fight very quietly. Right. Yeah, and, it's and, like how did nobody, and I mean nobody, yeah. notices this or thinks anything's going on. Yeah, plus like you said, it wasn't very dark yet. It was still kind of like just after sunset. So why why is nobody out? It's just kind of weird. So... As you mentioned, the centipede appears. And this is when things really start to fall apart for Saya. The elder is attacking her and Nene, but focusing more so on Nene. So we keep seeing this. They like to focus on civilians now, not the shrine maiden. 
So Asai is doing everything she can do to protect Nene, but she doesn't have her sword on her. So they have to make her way to the building that houses the sword. And God, Nene sucks at running away. Let me just tell you, she is worthless at that. She just runs and hides. Like, where is your survival instinct? Just run. But whatever. They finally make it to the the housing of the sword. And Nene decides to stand by the door like an idiot. And the centipede breaks in and grabs Nene. And Sai has just enough time to turn around to see her be decapitated. The creature bites her head and rips it clean off in a very graphic way and you see her body fall to the ground and blood starts coming out filled with rage saya kills the elder but it's kind of late for that because nene is dead and this was a really good way of incorporating the idea that nothing is sacred this creature attacked on the shrine's grounds which to this point i assumed was holy grounds that nothing could enter like this was pure uh, a pure location but i was wrong in that aspect so after the fight saya passes out from exhaustion and wakes up in her room where she is greeted by the coffee shop owner fumito once again and has a cup of coffee so now fumito is coming to her house and giving her coffee and gimov which is weird but the attack in this episode was really shocking to me and I did not expect Nene to die right then and there. I was kind of expecting Saya to save her. And Nene would have known about Saya's secret and the truth of elders. And things would kind of start to unravel. But that did not happen. And Nene was killed without remorse. And that was super shocking to me. But I'm glad the show was starting to really pick up here. Like We're getting into the aspect that I wanted to see. Where it was the show not shying away from taking away characters. And, and now they're attacking in the daytime, so that's even more exciting because people are going to be around to see this. But I think the most interesting part of this episode was the shop owner showing up shortly after the attack to feed Saya coffee and Gimov. Why is the only thing that Saya eats Gimov? Like, that's weird to me. But sort of suspicious. she's a high school girl, and she only eats sweets. Fair enough. I mean, I don't know the inner workings of high school girls, so... It checks out. <laughs> like, I, it's just weird to me. Yeah, literally, like, her main diet consists of these. Like, it's she, a, she's, okay, I'm starting to have suspicion that she's a ghoul from Tokyo Ghoul because she's only drinking coffee. <laughs> That's a good one. So, at Desire Recovers, she leaves for the school and is now traveling with her sword at all times. Because now she never knows when the Elder Bearman is going to attack. But upon arrival, the students are now informed that the school will be closed until the recent disappearances are solved. A few scenes later, Sai is traveling through the town where she sees this mysterious dog again and actually speaks to her. But before she could process it, Nono appears and starts questioning Sai. Nono is absolutely distraught by the disappearance of her twin sister, Nene. And she starts making accusations towards Saya. Because she knew that Nene was going to go see Naya. And of course, her being her twin sister, 
she's like, the only thing she knows is, the last thing she knows is she was heading towards her house. So, of course, she thinks she did something or she knows something with her disappearance. And and as normal's temperature rises, something starts to, mysterious start to happen. An elder actually starts to appear from a shadow, which then starts to attack all the citizens on the streets while Nona just stands there. Of course, this acted as fuel for theories in my head that the elders are like the dark emotions or thoughts, or they are attracted to specific people, or there are certain people who can control them. So they're just like these manifestations. And... Saya just stands there as the elders just killing mm-hmm. people. This is probably one of the most frustrating scenes in the scene because people are literally getting slaughtered right in front of her and she's doing absolutely nothing but just watching until it finally starts to attack her. It's like she has a rule like, oh, I can't attack elder barons unless they attack me. Like, what the fuck? Like, so frustrated. I was so mad at the scene. I'm like, are you going to do anything? Like, anything at all. You have a sword That's on you. That's the whole point reason why you start <laughs> carrying the sword. Right. Like, oh my god. Like, do something. Like, this is literally the reason why you did this. And and now you're just like, wait. It's actually happening. Mm-hmm. But, so, she finally, finally gets into action. And the elder used Nono's bodies as a shield. So Saya stops her blade, but eventually the fight stagnates, and the only way to end it is if Saya cuts through Nono, which she actually does. And now within 24 hours, both of the twins have died. So one thing that was interesting that stands out was this was the only scenes that had pedestrians walking around in the background. And it happened to be the only scene with the Alden would show up and it would attack. We almost never see anybody walking around or driving around, except for some key moments. But if you aren't paying attention, you might not even notice. Also, the internal conflict with Saya is increasing each day with the loss of civilians to elders, which already took a heavy toll on her. And now we see it will go even more with these headaches and the fainting but know that she's losing people that she knows is going to hit her even harder. So it's like, it finally starting to get picked up. But this is already like episode six or seven, the halfway point. And finally shit is starting to go down. Like, even then, it was just frustrating to watch her do nothing. And this Mm -hmm. happens more than once. And it's just like, and you're trained right? for this. Like, like you were trained to shit. do this. Like I get in other animes, like Hunter X Hunter or Naruto or Bleach, like with Ichigo when he first decides to fight, like yeah, he didn't he was struggling, but with each instance he got trained and that's like they were trained to do. And it's just like She's a shrine maiden, but she knew about this, and, like, she was trained in this. Like, they even have a dojo. <laughs> but, like, what the frick have you been training? Just standing there to be invisible? 
Yeah, it was so frustrating. I hated this scene, but oh, whatever. As as we learn, Sai is starting to have struggles with the losses of her two close friends. So maybe maybe that's why she struggled here is because she lost Nene and she's like, oh my god, my I'm so fucking frustrated and I can't understand what's going on. So maybe that's why she froze up. I don't know. But it's starting to eat at her more now that Nono's now dead. So we learn through some like inner conflict that she has like this little flashback that she remembers she made a promise to someone that she will protect everyone. But she can't remember to whom she made this promise to. But also, interestingly, she promised to protect everyone, but watch 10 people get murdered around her. Weird that you made this promise, but you don't act upon it. Whatever. So we get another appearance of this talking dog telling her that he's here to make sure that a wish is carried out. But he doesn't elaborate on this any further. And another day passes, but... Interestingly enough, there is no longer fights with elders, and they're no longer really appearing, or sorry, there's no longer fights at elders at night, and they're just appearing in the day and attacking citizens. And one day she's walking through town, uh, outskirts of town actually, and she sees this samurai-styled elder killing a police officer. So she performs her duty and fights the elder, of course, after the police officer's dead. But this one says something really interesting to say. He mentions that she needs to be cautious of her own father and ask him who she really is. But the show likes to distract you right after something important happens. So right after that said, Saya's love interest, Shinichiro, shows up, who is unfazed by this dead elder sitting right in front of her. He's just like, yeah, so what's up? And Saya breaks down and tells him about the elders and everything that's going on with her life and he's just like yeah that's cool like i'm gonna i'm gonna help you out with this and he promises to help so this was so suspicious to me like it's kind of strange to be totally calm and cool about seeing a dead monster in front of you like you're just you're not gonna be like oh my god what the fuck is that you're just like what's up Sia? like anything new with your life like what's going on <laughs> kind of weird and um, they knew that besides a dead elder, he's just like, hmm, interesting. We'll just skip yeah. by so, that. So, I mean, obviously this this adds a little bit to the plot. Like, why why is he unfazed? Like, what's going on with this kid? And then it adds to the fact that her dad is suspicious. Like you mentioned, um, there was a coffee scene that made you really suspicious of her father as well. So that's a, an important aspect. This is solidifying that thought. And then... Next, who do we see? The good old dog returns to Saya at the shrine, asking what would happen if her promise to save everyone was broken. And this time, the elders seem to have actually stopped attacking for a few days. And things start to come back to normal. Or at least what they believe is known. Which is strange, seeing that an entire street of people were just <laughs> slaughtered by a strange creature. And no one seems to care because they're just like, ah, we don't care about that. Or the fact that they're like, oh, many of these could appear before, but they're like, nah, it's okay. It's only like a natural occurrence. It hasn't happened in a few days. Like, what the fuck? But school resumes as usual, but with a strange caveat? 
caveat, strange, caveat, the like strange, the strange caveat. circumstance. The teacher hasn't arrived in class, and there appears no <laughs> other classrooms are in session besides Cyrus. The kids are right around the room when they spot something in the courtyard. A giant spider-like elder bearman is just staring, sitting there staring at him. They literally just have like a moment of a staring contest. And what's up with the elder bearmen and just staring? Yeah, like, like they just like to. I guess they're so shocked to be out there. They're just like, huh, this actually worked. <laughs> but then after a few moments, it charges them and bursts into the classroom, stabbing kids and ripping them in half. And once again, Sai just fucking stands there, letting all this happen, seeing all these people, after people, just mercilessly being killed, until she finally pulls out her shirt and fights off the creature. It almost gets knocked back immediately as it kills more people. But finally she's able to freaking kill the Elder Bear Man. But what do you know? The only people that survived are her friends. And lucky for her, her love interest mysteriously decided to skip that class today. So it's like, he skipped, the teacher skipped, and only her friends survived? This is either really <laughs> thick fucking plot armor or something's going down because it's like, oh my god, this just adds more infuriating, frustrating what's going on with her, with how she little reacts because she literally just sat there so and watched her classmates die. So irritating, but whatever. I'm just going to... I just hate this character. Okay. <laughs> now Sai is home and she's questioning everything, including her true nature. And then her love interest that skipped school that day, Shinichiro, he shows up to her house and he confesses her love for some reason. Like that's a really weird two things about this. One really weird timing. Your entire class is murdered and you're just like, Hey, so baby, I love you. Like, I'm, okay. Weird. And then it's just a weird plot point. Like, what are we gaining at this point? We're three episodes away from the end. What are we gaining from him confessing his love here? I don't see any relevant plot point here. But before he can actually confess his love, he's like about to say it. And then her dad arrives, of course. So then Saya starts interrogating him and asking him about her true self and why she doesn't even know her mother's name or face. She cannot physically picture it her life starts to crumble around her and she really isn't understanding what's going on and why it's happening to her her memory have way too many gaps in them she can't piece any of it together there's this really bad internal struggle and as this is happening an elder baron attacks if if we couldn't have guessed it at this point so so the elder actually manages to kill shinichiro and like i said what is the relevant point of him coming to confess his love if he's just going to get killed like this just feels like it's trying to make us be like, oh, sympathy. Oh, he's murdered. Shock value. It's kind of weird. Uh, she slays the elder baron and passes out upon waking up to guess who? Fumito, the coffee shop owner with more coffee and a marshmallow dessert. Eventually, Sai is left alone at the coffee shop because Fumito and her father have to walk away for a little bit. And her teacher arrives and says, hey, she wants to, like, let's go look at the books that are at your shrine. I'm really interested in what these have to say about the elders. 
And Sai is reluctant, but eventually she's like, all right, let's let's go check it out. Like, it's going to be quick. What's the harm? But upon going to the shrine's library, they find out that almost all of the books are completely empty, just blank pages. And when they walk outside, because Sai is like, just her brain is fried at this point. And they walk outside, pondering it. And she's greeted by living and breathing Nono and Nene, the two twins. So at this point, this is where things start to unravel. And the plot is actually completely changed to something that you really couldn't, like that's completely different than what you probably suspected. Um, Everything is turned on its head and seeds of doubt are sown in you, making you question what exactly is going on in the show. Like what are Nene and Nono exactly, since they're obviously still alive. And just to be clear, this part is the most interesting part in the entire anime. Mm-hmm. And this is the last episode. Yeah, and it's the most interesting part and actually the part I hate the most about the show. So, just want to preface that. So it's revealed that Shinchirio, the, the boy that just died an episode ago, is still alive. As well as Nono and Nene and Sai's main friends group is actually part of the main cast. The goal was for them to play along with Saya's little world to help her awaken her memories. We found that this entire town was created as an experiment. If you ever seen like the Truman Show, it's pretty much like that, where like this whole world is just based around this one person and everything is being controlled and manipulated so they would do certain tasks. And each member of the cast had something that was promised to them if they participated. Whether it was get out of jail, wealth, fame, or whatever. It was pretty much like they were granted a single wish. But for each one of them who died, there was actually a realistic fake put in their place. But while they weren't really killed, everyone else outside of the main killed was expendable and actually killed. So everyone you saw besides the main cast was actually killed. On top of that, Saya is an is actually an elder baron, and she has lost her memories, and she must drink the elder blood to regain them. And after each fight, it was shown that before turning home and passing out, she was actually drink the blood, but forget. Upon explaining all this. Who do we see coming? <laughs> you guessed it. Fumito, the shop owner, who appears with Itsuki and y- Yuka, two of Saya's so-called friends. But, oh my god, I hate this so much. Because, like, they they don't explain... I mean, they explain everything. And they just lay it all out. But, like, there's just no plot relevance to it. There's literally no point to this. So fucking frustrating. Alright, so... Fumito arrives, right? He explains that he had actually captured Saya, and he brainwashed her. His goal was to take her elder bear nature out of her, taking away her need to feed on humans, which is the covenant that she's been hearing about. The covenant is basically that elder barons are allowed to eat humans at their own free will. Um, and he's trying to take this from her. So that's why they kept saying, remember the covenant, we're allowed to do this. And he's just breeding it out of her. He's been feeding her elder blood whenever she came into his shop with the gimov and the coffee. 
So that's why he's so suspicious about that stuff. Unfortunately, the experiment was cut short by the teacher, Shinichiro, and the twins intervening. Uh, Fumito then has an elder baron kill them right then and there. Like this lion thing comes out and just obliterates them because he didn't want the experiment to be cut so soon. And now Sai's usefulness is gone since her memories have come back to her in this fashion. So her father comes out and reveals that he is actually an elder as well and not really his her father. And he tries to kill Saya, which Saya is one of the strongest elders and manages to defeat her father. But one one little point here, right as he's dying, he kind of mentions to her like that he actually truly cared about her. So we're seeing like this elder had feelings towards her, like he saw her truly as a daughter, which I guess is cool, whatever. Um, but during the fight, uh, Fumito actually manages to escape and releases all the remaining elders on the town. So she was out fighting her dad and Fumito had a really big head start. And the elders that he released are these bunny men that are popular in the memes and gifs that we, that attracted us to this show. So we don't get to see these elders until the very last episode. The thing that got us to watch this show doesn't happen until the last 10 minutes of it. So cool. Saya then chases down Fumito, and he gets into a helicopter starts flying away. And as she gets close, she draws her sword, about to kill him, and he pulls out a gun and shoots her in the face. This doesn't kill her, though. It Rather, it only delays her, and she has to recover for a few days. But Fumito gets away, and after she recovers, the dog appears once again and tells her that her wish has been granted, and she gets to remain herself. And basically, the show ends with her running down the street, presumably to find Fumito and kill him, which I believe this leads up to a movie, but we did not watch the movie, nor do I have any intention of watching it. At first, so I'll be honest, I read something that her friends get killed or something, and I was like distraught about that until I watched this episode, and no one actually gave a shit about her. So when they died, I'm just like, eh. <laughs> I was like, first I was like, eh. Because, I mean, I was looking up something about Saya. And I ended up getting a wiki. And I was trying to be careful not to see any spoilers. And then I was like, true death. I'm like, what the fuck does true death mean? I mean, now I understood it. But, like, the whole romance thing that I wanted to touch upon earlier that you said about the guy that likes Saya. His death is the most meaningless death bullshit mm-hmm. that out of everyone. So we didn't talk about this, but like as she regained her memories at the Nene No No teacher and the other guy that she actually had a grudge, she died from the Elder Bearman. Once she killed the Elder Bearman and she's chasing at the Fumintum Fruto's goods come up and like knock her down and they were about to shoot at her but then the guy goes no and blocks it blocks his bullets like jumps in the way yeah it's like, oh my god and it's like why would you do that and he just goes well i guess i truly started to fall for you like what the fuck it's like she is literally a monster like she, she could have ate those bullets and it's like <laughs> literally no reason for that to do that because he had almost no screen time and they're just like how the f- 
fuck did we kill this woman? <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember they had some romance. Let's have him die for the sake of love. No. It just looked incredibly stupid. Because it was like... The guy was literally on top of Saya. At the gunpoint. And he goes... Runs up to it. And he goes... No! And then just dies. Yeah, it's... Honestly. In the most oh. like stupid way possible. Well, and like you said, there's no screen time. There's no character development outside of Saya's character. Nothing whatsoever. So there was no point for any of the backstory of any of these characters, honestly. It really wasn't. And I was like... Now I know why the gifts are only on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Because literally nothing happens until the last episode. And this kind of makes sense for a few things. So, like, the coffee that made her train her memories of eraser. Maybe that's why she became oblivious. And that could stretch out the truth for a little bit. But if you're going off of that, this whole 12 episode could have fit or like been done in like three three to four Mm -hmm. episodes well yeah or like or you could expanded it to like six episodes and then like the last six of like the anime is like her chasing down fumito yeah and honestly a lot of this stuff could have been condensed and then important aspects of the show could have been extended and more elaborated like, I can't say I'm really pleased with this show or its ending. I could ramble on for a while, but my overall thoughts really come down to this. One thing I really disliked about the show was the poor writing in general. The story took three episodes to start forming any sort of plot. They could have easily spent the first episode the way they did. She's very aloof. We, we understand after the first episode, she has nothing going on up there because that's how they made her character. They could have condensed that into one and then moved on from there. We got the point. And the reception of the show really, I think, fell a lot just from those first three episodes because it's an absolute drag in the beginning. On top of that, they dropped subtle hints that the town is a fake with zero pedestrians, zero cars, and a few things that aren't what they seem. Like just a, Just a few things in here, they went about it in a very poor way. Like, I like the fact that there were no pedestrians, no cars. That was a good idea. Really like that. But they could have added things like people slipping out of character on accident, like um, miss, missing lines, just being more oblivious to their character, like actually breaking. Because aside from Shinichiro having zero emotion when she killed that samurai, there was basically no hints that they were actors. It's almost as if they were purposely deceiving us to have this crazy twist at the end. Like, gotcha, but you didn't expect this. And I didn't enjoy that. And then the, the classroom thing was a big key feature, but that was literally four episodes from the end. So they were kind of about to do their big reveal, like one episode I later. I think they purposely did that for so the what was... reveal. For like the teacher, did you yeah. ever not wonder why you didn't see any other kids at school? Like, they had to purposely do that in that scene for that scene to make mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, and and then there was that point with the books. The books are fake, which would have been a good idea. It would have been great, except literally three minutes after they do that, they reveal exactly what the plot is. What is the point of having that portion of the show if you're just going to tell us anyway? 
have that an episode ago so then we could sit on it for an entire episode thinking why were those books fake what is going on here not oh the books are fake hey by the way everything's fake like it's just the pacing and just the overall plot development is just so poor oh gosh so they then after that reveal of the books they spent an episode and a half on just dialogue explaining what was going on i hate it when shows and movies treat us like we're idiots and we need to be, have every bit of detail food sped to us food spoon fed to us like if they had better writing they could have had many more hints throughout the show that were like hinting at this development so then at the last episode they could be like hey this is what the plot was and everything just clicks like oh that's why they did this that's why they did this there could have been that aha moment and then rewatching it would have been enjoyable because then you see all those little nuances but instead they plant all these seeds of doubt for the plot to be one specific way and they're like gotcha we lied I'm like cool that's great and then we're going to explain everything to you because you're an idiot <sighs> so overall the plot and story gained nothing from the reveal at the end because as thinking about it it would have been more impactful to have saya learn all the things she did on her own only for fumito to show up and reveal that he's been controlling the elders and killing her friends for this experiment because <laughs> what is the point of killing them bringing them back just to kill them again if it's not for shock factor honestly because if they killed them say they this was a fake town and he just murdered them all or it was a real town that he was controlling and murdered them that would have added so much more plot because these people could have actually cared about saya and then that makes their deaths much more meaningful instead they totally took it away and then changed their entire plot point it was just like yep we're just faking everything like ah oh god i could rant i'm sorry <laughs> rambling on but i feel like everything that went on was just pointless to the plot no need for actors just have them real people have fumito as the mastermind their kid that's would have been meaningful would have been meaningful to saya's internal conflict and it just would have been One much better i think in my opinion is that towards the end there were so many people where the fuck were they during the day oh yeah like where, where did they come from you didn't see like yeah, anyone and, like, they could have made this a lot more interesting if she, she did find out everything on her own. Like, even if you did everything up to episode three where it says honor the government. Like, even if she started doubt, that would have been yeah. better. But, like, she did like, it. She's like, whatever the, f the father said is completely true. And he's like... Oh, yeah, it's nothing to worry about. And she just completely forgot everything. Like, what if on episode three, Remember the Covenant, she decided, I'm going to read up on this. I'm going to go into our shrine book room and read up on these elders and see what the covenant is. Open a book blank. What the fuck? Now we have fucking eight episodes to figure out why these books were blank. And it's like, like as she was learning more and more things, like, she still got fed that whatever that made him mm -hmm. forget. But, like, how they introduced the flashbacks about her previous, like, memories. If she started getting flashbacks again, but then she, like, kept acting dumb to try to, like, right, to fool trick whoever. And then, like, 
at night after she like killed or whatever, she went and researched whatever like under the covenant or whatever. Yeah, finding it was. clues that would have made it so much better. Because mm-hmm. yeah, we gotta like that suspense. Like oh oh, what is she gonna like find this time or like what's gonna happen this time? Like she would have been so much more interesting than just this dumb question that she didn't question anything and it was just so fucking annoying yeah and i just felt like i was saya at the end when they had to explain everything it's just i i just can't get over that fact why did you have to spend an episode and a half just talking to me it's just so frustrating Ugh. did not like that also what the fuck is up with that dog because they, that's the one thing that we got zero explanation for is he an elder is he a person that transformed like what is he because out of everything, that's the one thing they just give us nothing on. Okay. Talking dog, father. that's normal. Maybe. Possibly. No, because he's dead. And she he the dog was at the end of the show. No, she like no, he's his true father. Oh, that could be. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I I, no I, either way, don't care because this show made me hate it. <laughs> I just feel like a lot of these things that they did was literally for shock value because mm-hmm. yeah. they were just like boring and then it's like at the last episode they just had to r- wrap up everything and they just had to st- add some big twist that was just like okay like considerably looking back on it it could be considered a big twist but if you wait until the last episode to reveal it and still instead of like episode six or seven or eight or at least so we could have at least like the last two episodes for her to find Fumito. That would have been so yeah. much better. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things that could have made this better. And I'm not bashing anyone who did thoroughly in, like enjoy this show. Because if you got enjoyment out of it, that's great. I enjoyed it as I was watching it. But just as things progressed, my appeal to it kind of dissipated. Like first three episodes didn't really care for the middle bits. I started to like because I started like theorizing. Yeah. The ending ruined it, it all for me. So, like you said, <sighs> I did enjoy watching it for the first time. Will I rewatch it again? Absolutely not. But maybe like yep. the last episode because that's like I said before, that's literally where anything ever happens. And there was just so much of it was just like shock value towards the end that it was just like this literally could have been made in like four episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just, like, <sighs> that's all I gotta say. My question of the day, I guess, I don't know if it's, it's kind of a hard one, because, like, not much really fucking happened. I guess, if you, it, which Elder Baron was your favorite, maybe? Mm-hmm. Or, like, if you could create an Elder Baron, I guess, what kind of properties would it take? Yeah, and my question is, um, do you agree with our assessment of how poor the plot was? Or do you think the plot was actually, like, well thought out? And if you did think it was well thought out, I'd actually thoroughly enjoy um, reading what you have to say because I would like a different opinion on this. But we'll read it if you leave a five-star rating on iTunes. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, I would like to hear other people's opinions because I, I want to see people who actually like the show because it's nice to see other people's opinions instead of just such a negative one from me ranting. But 
All right, I have two facts for us today. And the first one is the show's bloody violence and stylistic choice following the series themes resulted in censorship in Japan and actually a blacklisting in China, which this caused Blood Sea to receive mixed positive reviews from journalists, which it's extremely bloody. So censorship would probably take away a lot of the show because the majority of the show was. And if I remember correctly, I think the censorship they did in Japan is they make the blood green. Probably. Um, I know some of Japan's censorships do like black or white bars across everything. So if that's the case, 90% of the screen would be blurred out. So hopefully it was just green because... At least then you'd be able to see what's happening. And then my final fact is Clamp, the manga studio that helped illustrate the show and animate the show, is actually an all-female manga artist group. So I thought that was a really cool thing in there. And that is all for this episode. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for updates. And feel free to email us at weepswan at gmail.com. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we'll see you guys next time when we weep spawn. <laughs>